Good morning as we come to worship God on this Easter morning. And I greet you with that Easter greeting, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. God is alive, new birth is, is given, hope is alive, a new age is dawning. Joy is alive, redemption is here, hallelujah. Love is alive. Death cannot harm us. We are alive. New life is within us. The church is alive. God's spirit is within us. And so, Lord, we come to worship you this morning. We come to praise you. We come to learn from you. And we come to celebrate you. You are the God of the resurrection. Lord, and as we praise you, we think of this Easter morning many, many years ago, and thank you that we can praise you for the new life because you are so faithful. We marvel once again at the wonder of the resurrection. We are just as surprised as the woman who came to the tomb that day we ask that this resurrection wipe away the tears from our eyes, bring hope to the hopeless, open the eyes of the blind. We ask, Lord, that this resurrection bring a revolution within us to worship, to embrace and do what you call us to do and what you call us to be. May our songs and hymns honor you, our reflection bring us closer to you. And Lord, we ask that this res resurrection may bring renewal of our lives. Restore us. Deepen our relationship with you. Deepen our relationship with one another. In the name of Christ, the, the risen one. And so, Lord, as we come to you, we sing a new hallelujah.
risen Christ, Jesus our Lord, open us to the power of your resurrection as we hear it proclaimed anew this Easter day that we too might rise to new life in you. Lord, just as the song said, let us arise, let the church arise, and let us go out and profess Jesus as the risen Lord. For your sake and for your glory. Amen. Our first reading today is from Mark 16, verses 1 to 8. And please follow with me, Mark 16, verses 1 to 8. You can either follow on your phone or there are Bibles um, at the entrance of the church as well. Mark 16. Verses 1 to 8. Jesus is alive. After the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene, Salome, and Mary, the mother of James, bought some spices to put on Jesus' body very early on Sunday morning, just as the sun was coming up. They went to the tomb on their way, They were asking one another, who will roll the stone away from the entrance for us? But when they looked, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, and it was a huge stone. The woman went into the tomb, and on the right side they saw a young man in a white robe sitting there. They were alarmed. The man said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus from Nazareth, who was nailed to a cross. God has raised him to life, and he isn't here. You can see the place where they put his body. Now go and tell his disciples, and especially Peter, that he will go ahead off to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. When the woman ran from the tomb, they were confused and shaking all over. They were too afraid to tell anyone what had happened. I think if we can imagine that we are in the story there at that time, and we saw Jesus crucified, What a surprise it would have been for us as well. And what we would have thought when we saw this stranger in the tomb telling us that Jesus is risen from the dead. Our next scripture is from Acts 10. And this is Peter talking about his faith and encouraging others as well. And so when we look at Peter, let's just look at what kind of person he was. He was a Jewish fisherman, and Jesus called him right at the beginning of his ministry, 
and his Hebrew name was Simeon, and he received the name of Cephas, meaning rock. And he was the son of John, and he was married. He had a brother, Andrew, and they fished together with James and John, who were the sons of Zebedee. He was very unsure about a number of things. First, he ate with unbelievers, the Gentiles who were not Jews, and then he refused to. And we read this in the letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians. And then he was also resolute. He was rash and hasty, we read in Luke 22. He was also irritable, and he was capable of great anger, we read in John 18. But he was also pictured as a gentle person, and also firm because he professed to love Jesus. And he was loyal, we read in John 21. But we also know that just like all the other fishermen, he was uneducated in the Jewish law, and he most probably did not speak Greek. He was very slow to learn, and he did make several mistakes in his life, but he also regretted it. However, later when trusted with responsibility, he demonstrated that he was mature and he was capable. And Peter was the one of the disciples who recognized Jesus as the Messiah from the beginning. And he, he possessed remarkable insight and displayed his depth of faith in Christ when he said that Jesus is the Son of God. Peter rebuked, and in turn, he was rebuked by Jesus when he refused to accept that Jesus will have to die. Peter also denied Jesus. However, Jesus restored that relationship because Peter became matured. He discovered strength and he was charged by Jesus to feed the lamb. And Peter is also the first apostle beside the woman to see Jesus after the resurrection, we read in Luke 24. But all of this, all this personality, all these characteristics did not destroy the love and the trust that there was between Jesus and Peter. And so when we read in Acts, we want to keep in mind the person that is speaking. We read from Acts 10, verse 34, Peter then said, Now I am certain that God treats all people alike. God is pleased with everyone who worship him and does right, no matter what nation they come from. This is the same message that God gave to the people of Israel when he sent Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, to offer peace to them. You know what happened. Everywhere in Judea, it all began in Galilee after John had told everyone to be baptized. God gave the Holy Spirit and power to Jesus from Nazareth. He was with Jesus 
as he went around doing good and healing everyone who was under the power of the devil. We all saw what Jesus did both in Israel and in the city of Jerusalem. Jesus was put to death on a cross, but three days later, God raised him to life and let him be seen. Not everyone saw him. He was seen only by us who ate and drank with him after he was raised from death. We were the ones God chose to tell others about him. God told us to announce clearly to the people that Jesus is the one he has chosen to judge the living and the dead. Every one of the prophets has said that all who have faith in Jesus will have their sins forgiven in his name. And while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit took control of everyone who was listening. Some Jewish followers of the Lord had come with Peter, and they were surprised that the Holy Spirit had been given to Gentiles. Now they were hearing Gentiles speaking unknown languages and praising God. Peter said, These Gentiles have been given the Holy Spirit just as we have. I am certain that no one would dare stop us from baptizing them. Peter ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to stay on for a few days. When we started the reading in the scripture, it said that Peter said, I am certain. And why is he certain? Because he met with the Lord. He met with the Lord in a vision because as we look to chapter 10, the earlier parts of chapter 10, we see that God appeared in a vision to him. And God sent the right people to come and fetch him as well. And the time that he journeyed from where he was to go and meet with Cornelius, he was working through and processing everything that was going on in his life and that Jesus, what Jesus revealed to him. And mainly it was, he struggled with the fact that non-Jews can also believe in God. And if we are honest, is it not so that sometimes in our thoughts and minds, we would think, oh, we, we don't want those people in our church. We don't think that they will fit into our church. So we can't point a finger to Peter. We need to realize that even as the Easter message is such an old message, please don't leave with the children. I love the sounds of the children in the church. They are welcome. But even as we think about what Peter went through and how he struggled, it is only by the power of God's Spirit that God can work in our hearts. And it might even be a process for us to accept everyone. But here very clearly, Peter says... He says that now I am certain that God treats all people alike. 
God is pleased with everyone who worships him and does right, no matter what nation they come from. So what is it that we need to do that is right? We need to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Just like Peter, we have weaknesses. Just like Peter, we will continue to sin in our daily lives. And therefore, we cannot make right with God, but Christ did everything. Not only did he die on the cross, but he rose and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's praying for you and for me, for the church. We are the church, not the building. The people who believe in Christ. And he will come again. He will come again. And therefore, now already we can live this resurrected life. We not only look forward to one day, but now we can be alive with Christ. And what we are struggling with, what we find painful, what we cannot work through on our own, we need to come and express those things to God. Expectations, things that do not work out for us. Know that God has a better plan, a better plan for each and every one of us. And so today we come to the table, the communion table, and we celebrate all of this of what Peter said, all of what Christ did for us. And we come and we profess our faith as well. And when we come to profess our faith, we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. We also believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. As we confess our faith, we also reflect upon coming to the table. We are all invited, those who believe in Jesus, this table does not belong to any denomination but to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we reflect upon that, maybe you have your own personal prayers that you would like to say to the Lord. I'm going to put on some soft music so that you can have some time with the Lord.
Let us pray. Risen Lord, Lord of life, hear us as we lift to you our hopes and prayers for the church, the world, and ourselves. Let your grace empower us as people of faith to serve you better in the common places of our lives, not only today, but all the days of our lives. Let us serve you in the people we meet on our faith journeys, on this resurrection journey. Open our eyes to the living Christ as we pray for and work with the poor, our mission and ministry, the brokenhearted, the sick, the bereaved, and the lonely. Hear our prayers for those who are close and dear to our hearts, but not forgetting those we fail to embrace and love more fully. In your resurrecting power, lift them up and give them renewed strength and hope and give to us all new faith by which to live our days with you. Risen Lord, Lord of life, our lives will be living witness to your resurrection, made whole by your love and care. And Lord, as we come to your table today, we receive your peace. The risen Christ came and stood amongst his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then they were glad when they saw the Lord. Hallelujah. The peace of the risen Lord be always with each and every one of us. And so, Lord, as we come to your table, we remember that on the night you were betrayed, you thanked your Father in heaven. You took the bread, you broke it, and you said, Do this in remembrance of me. You took the cup and you said, This is the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to invite you to come forward when you are ready to take a piece of bread to take a small cup of juice and go to your where you are seated and I'm going to also play some music. And then afterwards, I'm going to ask for the children to come and surround the table so that we can bless them.
the body of Christ broken for us. The cup of salvation, the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Ask the parents to come with their children just to be around the table here. I won't touch you. I just want to bless you. We'll be receiving the offering now and the offering will also be received online.
Let us pray. Lord, we realize that as we celebrate Easter Sunday, you also send us out, like you sent Peter, like you sent the disciples. How do we find the faith to believe the story of Easter, of Jesus? And how do we grasp its truth? We can only accept it, refusing to reduce it to scientific debate or historical literalism. We come and we kneel with humility and awe beside the blood-stained cross and the empty grave. For then we are your witnesses. How do we understand the mystery of your death and life, Jesus? How do we explain it? We can only live it allowing it to permeate every grain of the sand that forms us, every thought, every priority, every act and every interaction. For then we are your witnesses and you deserve nothing less from us. Since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has any power over us. Christ lives Hallelujah. Because of our sins, he has handed over to die, and he was raised to life in order to put us right with God. Christ lives. Hallelujah. And so, therefore, may the God of peace, who raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, provide us with every good thing we need in order to do his will. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with us now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. You are welcome to stay and listen to the next song, but you are welcome to leave.
Yeah. 